0: Welcome to the General Podcast. It is January 2nd, 2024. A brand new year. That brand new year starts off with Tennessee dominating Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Nico looked legit. Some of the younger players were making some pretty hefty impacts out there on the field. Alabama goes down. Bama fans are actually complaining about Michigan cheating, which is so ironic to me. FSU loses by sixty. I want to get into that later because their fans won't shut up. <laughs> it's time to shut up because you just got sixty drop on your head. Washington versus Michigan is the national title game and uh, topic of the last hour. Brew McCoy is back for the 2024 football season, which is massive for the Tennessee Volunteers. With Nico playing well, Brew coming back, young receiving core intact. It's looking pretty good for 2024. I don't want to get too excited, get too ahead of myself, but I'm excited. And it's okay to be excited. For the love of God, come out of your depressed shell. It's okay to be excited about something at Tennessee. But, boys, let's talk about topic of the hour, topic of the day, basically. Brew McCoy is back. Brew mm-hmm. McCoy is going to be healthy. And he's going to be running routes for our Tennessee Volunteers in 2024. What are your first thoughts on that Jordan.
1: I think it's big for the leadership aspect of the locker room. Um He's, a, he's you know, a leader on the team. I think it's big to bring the veteran presence back for some of the young guys that you have coming in and even the transfer guys that you have coming in. As far as impact on the football field, you know, it's just going to be how how healthy is he. And, um, you know, how, how does he come back from the leg injury? Because I mean, that was a brutal, brutal injury. So, well, on play on the field, we're going to have to wait and see. I don't know how, how much he's going to be himself early in the season. Um, but as far as the impact in the locker room and leadership and in the wide receiver room, it's massive.
0: Yeah,
2: awesome. In, in a word, Ooh. He's back. I love nothing there is nothing more I love than a player that ends his name with a U and you can do that with. I right, we had David Oku. He wasn't that he wasn't really that good, but we love to say Oku because it's just fun to do, man. And and yeah, on everything he it's an absolutely massive deal that he's coming back. Yeah, he might not be 110% by the time he um the season arrives, but he will get there eventually. And I mean, just look at, I mean, you're not going to find a portal receiver. I, I i know us moving away from Evan Stewart, some are upset about that, but I think we'll be, I think we'll be fine or better off without him because, and I, I would definitely rather have Brew McCoy than him because Brew McCoy, man, that guy, if you want to talk about like, he, he's got amazing hands. He can jump up and get any ball you, you want. He, he's he got all the athleticism you can dream of. He's Huge and he's actually massive for the run game, too. He, he, his blocking is absolutely massive. That was missed in a big part, uh, later in the year when he was injured. And honestly, the only thing downside I'd see to it all is that, um, is he going to get injured again? That's the only fear I have. I, I, it's a, it's a fear. And he needs to show the league that he's healthy and it, having him back for Nico's first year as the true starter and, I think we all saw how much fun that's going to be. Uh, it's, it's absolutely positively massive.
0: And it's, it's really big. Uh, also mic checks, my mic working, I don't think it was on to start the podcast. I think it's on now. Sounds pretty you know, good. You sounded weird
2: to start. We well, yeah. hear you, but yeah, you, sound you
0: barely, now. barely hear me probably because of, I didn't have my mic on. So anyways, but anyways, got the mic on, got that fixed. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Brew coming back is is massive. Like you said, Jordan, from a leadership standpoint. And that that, that term gets tossed around so much. Well, it's a leadership and it's, it's it's a real thing. Uh, uh, it, it's it's like if you've ever played a sport and you have that guy that 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 goes out of the lineup and you're like you kind of get not scared, but it's just like, oh man, this isn't good. Cause he was he was the guy who led us. He was the guy who who, who, you know, got us all lined up, got us, he just, he's, he just led you on the field, led you off the field. Like it, it's, it's a real thing. So, uh, yeah, the leadership aspect is, is big time because he's been in college football for a long time. And we have a fairly young receiving core, uh, that he's going to be lined up with. So that is, that is, yeah, that's, that's big time. And I'm, I'm glad he's coming back because that's, that's something we really needed.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, just...
1: you know, it, if you don't think leadership's a big thing, just look at Texas A&M for the past two seasons or Florida State in the bowl game. There were no leaders, and either were of no those situations.
2: If you if you just watch him, like he, he has such high football IQ and like and physically and everything, like there's a reason. To, and I feel like for Nick ne- for Joe this season, I feel like he viewed Brew as kind of a safety blanket, his go-to guy. And once he was gone, he was really not looking so great. Which I mean. Whatever, <laughs> but um, uh, the Texas A&M game for one, I you could tell Peru was missed massively, and uh, just having him back for one more year is absolutely huge. This this team, I mean, I don't really feel bad about one position group on the entire offense. O line, I feel solid with the four for we're coming back, and I think we'll figure out the fifth one. Uh, maybe go after some transfers. Who knows? But um, tight end, I uh, love Ethan Davis, and of course, uh. Holden stays, man. That's some good blockers on this team too, man. Like you're going to be able to break out so many 30 or 40 yard runs with this blocking game. It's going to be beautiful. I I just know Nico's going to put on a little bit more weight and which I I don't expect him to get actually a lot bigger. I feel like, I feel like he'll stay still a little slender. That's just his frame in my opinion, but, but just get him a little more weight on him, get everyone healthy. I I would not be surprised to we have the number one offense in the entire country. Because <laughs> we that's what I know can happen under Josh Heupel because we've seen it. Um
0: I want to get you opinion um with Nico. You say he's real skinny, which I mean he is, but I think he's fine out there. Uh he took some big hits and looked like he was pretty durable. Um mm-hmm. but Jordan, you watch a lot of NFL like I do, and so so do you um from time to time, Austin. but did he does does Nico not remind you of Lamar when he runs the way he like hops and steps up out of bounds? like he just runs down cell lines and like tiptoes and just pops out of bounds?
1: He reminds me and somebody I forgot which player said it for Tennessee, but he's a taller Bryce young,
2: yeah, that's what I was about really?
1: To say. and. I, I, I saw – that's why That's why I was pushing the – don't expect him
2: to get a lot bigger because Bryce Young's pretty skinny still. And,
1: yeah. and as far as, Austin, what you're talking about, like the size thing, he's the same size as Jaden Daniels right now. And Jaden Daniels just won mm-hmm. the Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young was at like 5'10", 170, soaking wet, and he made it through two years of SEC mm-hmm. football. Nico's yeah. fine. Like, does he need to gain more weight? Yeah, he does. But he's fine right now. It's like it's mm. there's not this massive difference in what his size is compared to other quarter. It's just that you have Joe, who's a who's a Greek god physically, and then he looks different than what Nico does because Nico's not that big. I mean, there's just that's just the contrasting quarterbacks you have. Yeah. But when you look at the rest of college football, Nico's really not any different than what the rest of the college football quarterbacks are. And you know, I made the comparison a few weeks ago, Trevor Lawrence also. I mean, he's the same. He was the same size as Trevor Lawrence as a freshman at Clemson.
0: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson was tiny too. It
2: mm-hmm.
0: was. It skinny, skinny reminds
2: crap. me of Tyler Bray in 2010. That's what it really reminds me of. But of course, a lot better running. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I remember going the first time I ever saw Tyler Bray. I looked down the field. I was like, "Holy crap, that guy's really
2: skinny." <laughs> yeah, I was like
0: he is such a he is a stick I mean, out. There. He's like gummy he's 19 and, years old.
2: Oh, he do just.
0: Um, but anyways Yeah so Nico, Nico looked good uh, I, I He didn't really do a whole lot But the way We said it before He even got on the field We said it earlier in the year And people did make a big deal About the whole When we played Virginia The way he just like, mo- like Moved around in the pocket People were like Oh you're gonna Like you know You're gonna You're gonna Base his play off of that You know just pocket awareness I'm like yeah You can tell pretty quick He's really decisive With whatever he does and he showed you pretty pretty quickly as well that he's pretty decisive when he played against Iowa and and apparently they're one of the best defenses which I don't believe I don't think they are even close so I just think they haven't played anybody mm-hmm. looked, they're, they're just slow like slow is just molasses and th- how in the world I was ha- I feel like Iowa's had the same team for 30 years. It's like Iowa and like Wisconsin, like those teams, they have the same team every single year. They have
2: had the same coach, I think, for 25 years. So my God, like just about longest tenure coach in
0: the entire country. Like you got to adapt like that. If I'm like, how are, as an Iowa fan, are you watching that every year? That's
2: horrible. And I'm a Titans fan. That's pathetic. It's. It's just, I think they're just pleased with the getting the best out of that kind of style of play. Of course, the offense is absolutely abysmal, worse than it's ever been. I mean, they used to have guys like Sean Green, and it's nothing like it is now. It's just like there's no way to justify where the hell that offense is. I <laughs> mean, oh, good lord. I mean, I've never felt l- less impressed about getting a shutout. <laughs> like, just, I, I would be more impressed than getting a shutout against Austin P. Uh, Austin B would. have I don't know. I, I I, I, that the offense was just so bad. It was the, the, it one just, of
0: the funniest. One of the funniest parts of the game was when the announcer was like, "They've got to, you know, do something. Take a shot downfield." And the very next play they threw it, and it was a pick six. <laughs> <laughs> the very next play. I mean, mm-hmm. as he was saying it, the play was happening. It was a pick six, and the announcer just like, "Shut up." I was like, "Well, it's probably why they're not throwing downfield." <laughs> That they that quarterback. Dude, dude, oh my god, he was awful. Like that number ten. Oh my goodness, where in the world did you get that guy?
2: Well, I just, I kind of felt bad for him because like even his receiver Brown kept dropping the ball. Like he dropped so many easy passes. I wanted to I be mean, just impressed with Nico that day, but all I could think about was like, God Lord, this Iowa team is so bad at offense. It was it's it's like they are just seeing like a like it's like a train wreck. It's just so bad you can't look away. I. And people were getting mad at how conservative our play calling was. And it's Nico's first ever start. And really, the only way to lose to Iowa is to beat yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you have our talent level. So you just you play in a box. You just don't yeah. give them any well, turnovers. It's the same thing.
0: Was it? Was it two thousand? When did we play? in Two thousand fifteen. Under Bush, when Four, Bush was there.
2: Fourteen. Well, technically fifteen. Yeah.
0: Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. It, it just looked the same. It's like we just stacked the box. They did nothing. And it was this the same, I mean it was still Ferrence back then as their head coach, but it, there was no difference. It's the same dead gum offense. And dot Dotman in the comments says uh Stephen Austonias, I think I'm saying that right, Astony. Hope I am. Um he said, How in the world did did Iowa win 10 games? But then you look at their schedule, it was freaking atrocious.
2: It was freaking uh, horrible. They play guys from I mean, you, have you seen their schedule? Uh yeah, every it's horrible i mean like this podcast right here is a lot what they look like on the schedule <laughs> it's just uh it's a lot of guys look like you and me on their schedule and they like it's just uh that's part of the reason like they don't they don't look like uh alabama they don't look like Auburn, and they look like they, they just don't have the same talent base to recruit from you play indiana you play maryland you play uh minnesota nebraska it's just uh it's a lot different a lot different game. And uh you don't face that speed. That's the thing like that the SEC really kills you with is like you might have like certain places are built for building certain type of athletes. Like Iowa, they're gonna build good offensive linemen, usually. They're gonna build good linebackers. They're gonna build maybe a good quarterback every once in a while. Not of late at all, though. <laughs> Occasionally you might find one there in that area. But uh us, we're gonna we got some fast running backs. We got fast receivers. We got we got everything really right now. I mean, not everything, but uh, just compared to Iowa, man, that's just. I I was amazed when I heard that Iowa actually won four four out of four out of their last five bowl games. That that kind of surprised me because I, I think bowl games is really when they would get exposed because they play someone with speed. You know, like the, like like they just saw. It it was just it's the same team. James, here. James Pierce, man, he must have just been like, this is a joke. <laughs> like, I mean, is. This, is, this is hilarious. Everything's moving slow motion.
0: Jordan, like, also, you just brought that up, but Jordan, James Pierce, that that that's another, and that's just another, just and I don't, I don't even know how to explain him. Like, it's, he's just a different breed. Like, I don't, I don't understand how, God
1: he's playing his way into being a top 10 pick in the yeah. NFL draft. Um, I mean, cause it's not, he's not just a pass rusher, but he plays the run really well also, which the NFL is going to love that they can put him on the field for three downs instead of just a specific down. Um, the Iowa thing is they're a byproduct of um, the recruiting ability. Like they have no, like they have, they can't recruit. Like, I mean, they have no pro their, their program doesn't have anything that attracts high school kids they're in a state that doesn't produce a lot of high-talent high school kids. They're surrounded by states that doesn't produce a lot of high school good football players. So they're having to play the style because it's pretty much all they can get. And and with NIL, it's only widening that gap to where if there is anybody good in their area, they're going somewhere else because NIL is giving them a lot of money. So they're just a byproduct of their circumstances of where they are Uh as far as being in the country, where their program is at. Um, and, I mean, I here's the thing is, like, you got to give Kirk Ferentz a little bit of credit that he's able to take what that is and still be able to win 9 and 10 games a year at Iowa because, I mean, the talent level is nowhere close. So I mean that's that's a good game planning X's and O's type coach to be able to understand what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and still be able to game plan around that to find a way to win nine and ten football games. That's that's pretty impressive. He's a really why, good football coach.
0: Why, just watching the Iowa teams, like how in the world? Like I guess you, I guess what you said is pretty damn dig- impressive. But like how how in the world do you win the team that I saw on on Monday was awful. I I was awful. Like they're the,
2: awful. Well, let's look at their wins: uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern. I don't know who they had from the east. I know they got shut out by Michigan. Got shut out by Penn State. Uh, they beat Utah State. I mean, they they faced nothing like they saw yesterday. Yes, yesterday. I mean, maybe Penn State and Michigan had. I mean, sure, sure, surely Michigan had what we have, but, um, but, um, it's, it's, well, uh, like if they, if they, if you swap places with them in Missouri, you'd see a whole different result on the, like, they'd be lucky to go six and six.
0: Yeah. And it, well, you, you like look at, you look at the, the, the speed difference between Tennessee and Iowa, but then you have during the season Tennessee getting burnt by like, Georgia players that are a lot faster than them. So, like Tennessee just looks light years faster. And we thought they were slow when they were playing in the SEC competition. So yeah. it's like I was really slow. <laughs> if, if we thought Tennessee was slow at times because they did look slow at times, the teams above us that were better than us were faster than us. Yeah. And we it- were so much faster than Iowa. It was just a glaring, just just so glaring about but faster everywhere and I was just it's just unreal to think the the speed element of conferences it's insane it's they played funny.
1: three they played three ranked teams they lost 31 to nothing 26 to nothing and 35 to nothing <laughs> uh,
2: I'm
0: like that that's amazing it's amazing that you uh, score zero in all of those
2: that 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 team said that team got to play in a conference title game Are we and and last year we didn't even like it's just crazy to me. That's how that's how weird the sport is right now. But um, it's yeah, that's what it is. Iowa's been Iowa for a while, and it's Iowa. It's Iowa. That's all. You, that's all you have to say. That's all there needs to be said. It's Iowa. They're Iowa.
0: How do we always end up getting matched up with teams like this? I feel like in bowl games, it's like every year
2: almost. It feels like
0: it's like I guess we just gotta win and like get the
2: playoffs bowl again. Bowl tie-ins. Basically, you're going to play a Big 10 team a lot. And that's what Big 10 teams like. I guess we could maybe get Penn State one year and that'd be a little, that'd be a challenge. But um, most times you're going to get a weird team like that.
1: I mean, in, in the last 10 years, you've played Iowa, Northwestern, Nebraska, Indiana, Purdue, and Iowa again. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't understand how Purdue just lit us up like a
2: candle. Like, Jeff Bromley is a pretty good coach. With all their Pur- opt outs. Purdue, what
0: well, like Purdue is Purdue had speed. They did. They, they recruit
2: speed. Uh, well like teams They're like pretty- Michigan teams like Michigan, Penn State, they all go down to Florida and Georgia and find what they can find. Yeah. I mean Joe Milton was started his career in Michigan, so Kamal had well Kamal hadn't from Michigan, I think. Uh yeah. whatever.
0: Whatever. Um What about the what about the younger players? The impact of the younger players in yesterday's I mean uh the uh, the Citrus Bowl.
2: Ty- Tyree the were... that... Sorry, Tyree Go West ahead. was an absolute beast. He yeah. ate all day. I know it's Iowa. Like I feel I hate I hate like I want to praise our guys, but then I gotta preface it was it's Iowa. <laughs> but uh, but they did a great day. Uh, nice see time get a interception and Ricky Gibson had a few good tackles. I, I mean, there there were plays being made by their wire their wire receivers. Then, but um. I wasn't mad at the secondary, but it's the worst passing attack you ever see.
0: Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it in earlier podcasts um, where you see the younger players popping uh, out on film and on tape when you go back and watch a game or just watching it in general during a game. And they're all hypo guys, Um, Mm -hmm. which which is why I don't think a lot of people were sad to see some of the uh, older guys transfer because you kind of see the the, the popping of the uh, players on tape and film uh, and they're all hypo guys so that's pretty encouraging I mean I'm not gonna lie I mean I've, I've said some things about hypo I'm still I'm still in the wait and see I think it's it's okay to be pretty um, confident with with the way things are going I think it feels pretty good right now I think it's okay to feel good um, but I'm still in a little bit of wait and see mode Um. But I will, um, I'll stay kind of positive and um, cheerful. I'm not going to try to be <laughs> all negative. <laughs> Rainy, you're never what? negative. Leave me alone.
2: You're never, you're never negative.
0: No, I'm never this is negative. my friend Rainey. I'm never negative. I oh, just took a 35-0 win. Glass half full, to get contract, Mr. You know?
2: Glass half full, Blake Rainy. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's all you are, oh, man. I um, mean,
0: but I mean. What what is what is there in the past that you know could get you just super excited without getting kicked in the nuts again? I mean oh, yeah. I, that's why I'm half glass full. So sue well, me.
2: Let's let's change the subject. Um how's Nico what, what, One thing I did take away from Nico, like he he was amazing with his running and everything. And he's a beautiful passer but um the only thing I saw that concerned me and part of this was we had I think uh One starting off as flyman for the for next year probably, or maybe maybe two. I guess Pierce is, or not Pierce, Mincy is going to be there. But um, does how long he takes in the pocket does that uh, worry you? Is that an issue that you're going to see work out?
1: It doesn't worry me. I'll give I'll kind of give my rundown on the the Nico thing. And this may take a few minutes so I, I know Rainey's going to agree with all of this because he's pretty much been saying it on every podcast that we've been on the entire season <laughs> but my rundown of the Nico thing and I'm gonna do the same thing that Austin just did which preface it by it was Iowa okay so mm-hmm. but you saw an 18 year old kid who's a freshman pretty a freshman in college already have a baseline that is better than a 23-year-old, 6 year senior in Joe Milton. He, he's already shown you that he's already better than Joe Milton in this small sample size. And I'm not even talking about a stat sheet of filling a stat sheet up. I'm not even talking about of throwing a football. I'm When I'm saying he's better, I'm talking about his ability to process information at a way quicker rate than Joe Milton did. The The, the awareness of game situational things, of down and distance, clock management, I'm talking about pocket awareness, the escapability of the pocket, knowing when the pocket is collapsing where to escape from. I'm talking about reading the field and knowing where his progressions are at and going from one to two to three. You know, his athleticism. Joe is size-wise a physical specimen, but when it comes to athleticism, athletic ability, the the, the speed the uh, uh, twitchiness to make somebody miss, the sudden movements, the first step burst, Nico is better in every single one of those. And there was a play Mm -hmm. in that game that showed you the difference in a Nico and a Joe, and it was his last touchdown run when he scrambles out of the pocket and he's going towards the sideline and he's got three Iowa guys coming at him, and he all of a sudden stops his momentum, puts a foot in the ground and explodes and dies into the end zone and scores a touchdown. Joe Milton is not making that play. And the perfect example of why Joe <laughs> Milton is not making that play is the Virginia game when he had the exact same scenario and he tried to stop and stop his momentum cut and he couldn't, so he just piles over the guy and falls forward. Yep. If that's Nico, Nico scores in that situation. Nico's ability to throw out of the pocket off-platform. Renny, you brought this up on one of the pac- podcasts earlier. year. I can't remember what it was. I think it was the Bama game. They talked about how Joe hadn't thrown a touchdown pass in his career, out of the pocket. Moving, Nico's already shown you in the small sample size and what he's played in. Once he gets outside the pocket, he can still make throws. He can still be accurate. He can still throw the football down the field. He he just he showed you already way more than what Joe showed you in the three years Joe Milton was here. Joe Milton has the biggest arm I've ever seen on a quarterback ever in the history of the game, and that is it. That's all he has. He, he don't have any of the other intangibles that a quarterback needs to play the position at a high clip, at a high level, that's required in the SEC or in Josh Hopple's offense.
2: We were, jo- we were talking Jordan, about – Jordan, Jordan. sorry. Jo- Jordan, that's a weird way to say thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: God. Okay. Real quick. We were discussing this before the podcast came on air. You're talking about, uh, and this is going to be the last time I ever talk about this. This, this crap, the Joe, what I'm dropping it from here. on out. it's done. It's over with, but a guy on Twitter, I don't think I said this already. I I think pretty sure it was before we got on here, but anyways, I'm going to regurgitate it. Uh, It's the same thing with Nico. The broad receiver just, they're dropping the balls. So, what we're saying is, it was not Joe. It's not Joe's fault. And I just stopped and, like, you have got to be kidding me. Nico was responsible for four touchdowns, four touchdowns, three rushing, one passing. Dude, Joe was the problem. (laughs) Clearly, the problem, the decision making from Nico is so quick. The you, one you said, you said he he planted his foot in the ground and he cut back in the inside and went in for the touchdown. One, the one that I thought you were going to say is when it was a quarterback quarterback uh, dive. But want it was a dive, quarterback dive, I think um, hikes the ball just runs straight out the middle, doesn't hesitate one second, and he just runs through a tunnel of Iowa players because he's too he's too quick. He's too quick. He didn't waste one second thinking about, oh, hang on, I gotta follow my lead blockers. I gotta do this. You know what he did? He says, Screw this. I'm faster than anyone on this field. I'm gonna beat him on my speed. And I'm not gonna hesitate well, for one dying second. And that dude just blasted through that through the defense. And they were just trying to tackle air. And it's it's a hesitation. And it goes back to where all he did was a stupid shoulder shrug in the pocket versus Virginia, where I, my eyes just like went up like whoa. Everyone just missed, and he didn't move. He stood there and just moved his upper body, and they all whiffed. That's all you had to tell me about his pocket awareness. And all these people are like, oh, my God, everyone's getting so crazy. you hyped up about uh, Nico. There's a reason for that, because people, again, can see things with their eyes that other people apparently cannot see. It was not a mistake.
1: Sorry. Uh, sorry, kind can can of I say this too. You know, I had said earlier in the year, and I think Rainy, you said earlier in the year too. We played with half our playbook this season, but like they, did, they didn't let Joe have that. And, and and it showed in the bowl game because how many times did we line up under center in a short yard situation and, and hand the football off? And before anybody says, well, yeah, they gave, you know, Nico had a month to prepare as the starter to put us something in like that. Joe was here for three years and they didn't go under center except for the Virginia game. And, and, and run the football in short yardage situations. They didn't trust Joe under center with the snap. And, I mean, it's just – we played with half a playbook, and we tried to protect Joe the best we could all year long. The screen passes – we threw four screen passes on Saturday. Four. I mean, on Monday. Four. I mean, how many how many times this year did we throw nine, 10, 11, 12 screen passes in a football game? Throwing it sideline to sideline. Oh, because they didn't, they didn't trust him to throw it down the field or to read a defense or throw it in the middle of the field. One of and I said this on one of the first podcasts I came on with you guys. One of the biggest differences in this offense, specifically, is the ability of Nico to extend plays and extend drives. When it's second and eight, Nico could turn it into third and two, and it'd be manageable. With Joe, when it was second and eight, it was going to be third and seven, or third and ten, or third and eleven, and he was going to put you in long distance situations on third down because he didn't have the ability. To make a decision to get out of the pocket and pick things up and, and extend plays and extend drives. You saw pretty much a, a kind of a JV version of the hooker offense from 2022 or 20, yeah, 2022. And it's, it's because Nico's an 18 year old freshman. I think next season you're about to see Josh Apple's offense that you saw at Central Florida in the first two years here come right back again. It's going to be explosive, it's going to be fun, it's going to be exciting. It's gonna be great.
0: Did you notice how how like more crisp everything looked?
1: Oh, Did you notice told...
0: the amount of false starts that like weren't happening?
2: We, we had Jackson like, lamp like We had it's some false starts,
0: but it wasn't nowhere near of just the stupidity of we have to slow down when we're trying to go fast because this guy isn't quick enough.
1: And okay, Randy, into that point too. And I have I haven't went back to look this up, so I may be completely wrong on this. This is just a hot like a. a spur-of-the-moment opinion that I had earlier today, and I haven't been able to research it yet. But I noticed a couple of times in the bowl game to where we clearly had two plays called. We run a play, and then we jump up. We don't even look to the sideline. We're back at the ball in six seconds running the next play. You saw that a lot with and Hooker, and you saw that a lot you know, in the first two years. I don't remember, and there may be a time or two, but I don't remember off the top of my head a time this season with Joe where you looked at it and said, okay, we'll just call two plays. We ran a play, and we went right back to the line and ran the very next play. A lot of the times, it was you run a play, you get back to the line, and then everybody turns and looks to see what Josh Topol wants to call.
0: 100%. 100%. The amount of times Joe got up to that line and would clap his hands and be looking around like, um, what, what, what are we running here? Is it, is yeah, it I what, just, I think we're
2: running here? I think it's so- it, I, I want to be happy. I want to be happy that Nico is going to be the star now, and it's all rainbows and roses from here on out, and that is true. But also, I, there's a bit of me that just has a little bit of frustration. Man, we got our ass whooped in the swamp. What the hell are we doing? We had a guy on the roster that could do your offense. You're offensive guy you're like the guru you're supposed to know this stuff what the i'm okay i'm done but uh <laughs>
0: just, the just only the only thing it.
2: i drove down to the swamp i went there man it was horrible All right. <laughs> i paid for
0: i told you not to go down Airbnb. there
2: seven years or six years whatever I, okay. we're going to i'm gonna say that nico probably probably wasn't eight.
0: ready then I'm gonna say he probably wasn't ready. He, I would not have thrown him out there. Like not third game of the season or fourth whatever game it was the season. If I think he that's off
2: season as a starter. I think he might be. Yeah. Did he have it? Did he tear his, Did he have like a slight injury in in fall camp? And, do I remember that? I think I think he did, and that was that may have changed things a little bit. It's whatever.
0: Um, of course, a Georgia fan chimes in. Uh, I've already seen this comment from him on our social media platforms. So Nico can do this against SEC defenses. Um, it was his first start um, wow. a, against a Power Five defense. Um, well, it, it's it's his first ever start. Um, of course, say what you I, will, but Iowa.
2: Yeah, I I agree that it's the SEC and or it was the Big Ten. They put those numbers up against, but they, they do have a good defense. Yeah, it's
0: it's just. Uh, I don't I, it's gonna take him a second to, to get acclimated, but I don't think he's gonna have a problem. I don't think he's gonna have a problem. I think he's gonna be fine. He's gonna have there, rough patches because he's it's gonna be his second, third, fourth start of his career in college. But I think he's gonna be fine. You got there, you got two more years of this guy.
2: There's a reason people look scouts watch this guy, like people who get paid to do this for a living, and said, This guy is better than any other athlete in his entire class, the entire class of 2023 he's good i'm very confident in the in the idea that he is going to kick the living shit out of teams coming up the road
1: and the thing is and i kind of mentioned earlier he's 18 years old and he made his first career start and there were no game management issues there were no times where the play clock was running down because they were confused and he had to call a timeout there were any times to where he's he's in a wrong call and they're having to call a timeout because they're missing line or he said to play wrong. There were no times to where he looked like he wasn't composed or he didn't have his composure. Like, there were no times where it looked like the game was too fast for him. Everything looked like it was at slow speed for him, and he could read and react, and it didn't look like it was overwhelming. And he was in complete control of the entire offense the entire time. And those are the type of things that you look for in a true freshman quarterback that's 18 years old. It's not the, it's not the physical traits because he – I mean, if you, if you are getting on scholarship at an SEC school as a quarterback, you have the physical traits. What separates most quarterbacks are all the other traits that we just described about Nico in this ballgame, because how many times in the last 15 years have we thrown a quarterback out there that had none of those traits? Zero. I mean, Nathan Peterman went to Florida and looked like he was a seventh-grader playing quarterback against an SEC defense. He was completely lost. And this kid's 18 years old and is is, as composed as a senior quarterback.
0: Hey, Austin, (laughs) I'm going to throw this comment up on the screen from Dogs again. And please tell this guy – please tell him what we said at the beginning of the season. Weren't Tennessee fans hyping up Joe Milton after the Orange Bowl last year? What did we say? Yes, we have fans okay. delusional fans. Our fan base is one of the most delusional fan bases in America. But what did we sit here in our
2: podcast and say? Okay, we we after saw some bowl. good things out, out of the orange bowl. I was I was hoping personally I was hoping that Joe would work out all of his issues, but he still had those issues in the orange bowl. He 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 had eight three three-and-outs. he had bad reads, he, he didn't he didn't make a lot of big mistakes. But he got sacked, and he, he he had the same issues I saw early in his career. So I wanted to believe the best, but I also knew the worst was on the table, and exactly. that's what we got.
0: Exactly. We None of us, are, at least on this podcast, that I can recall ever sat there and be like, oh, this guy's going to be incredible. Not one of us. Not one of us. You could easily go back if you go back and just watch the Orange Bowl or just during the orange bowl, the amount of times I got pissed off and about like, like, like go, like stop standing there and go like the amount of times the awareness was so, he was so oblivious of everything
2: around him. My, my uh, whole mentality. For fans on Twitter, My whole mentality coming into the season was that there is no way Josh Heifel is going to let a guy have his offense scoring like 14 points a game. And, um, well, I, mean, I guess it, it wasn't that bad, but it just, it, it, it's, it's by the stats, the worst offense he's ever had. Am I correct? Jordan, yeah. you're my, yeah. You, you, yeah. when I say stats, I'm just going to look at you. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and
1: what's crazy. Yes. It's it, as a head coach. And even if you take the two years as offensive coordinator at Missouri, this season was statistically the worst offense that he's put on a football field, uh, going back to the the, one, the only one that has been worse was 2015 at Utah State when he was the offensive coordinator. But what's so crazy is with Hopple in this offense is it's the worst, but it's still pretty much top 30 in every single offense statistical category, like top 30 in the country. Like we're not we're not that many years removed from the Jeremy Pruitt offenses where we're ranked 115th in the country in offense. And we're sitting here talking about Hopple's worst offenses, and it's still a top 30 offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This, this comment from uh, Brandon Gann, um, we've, we've spoken on this many times on this podcast. If he struggles, the eyes are in high pool, not not, uh, not Nico. We've talked about putting all his eggs in the Nico basket after not giving him much playing time this year. Um, yes, that's a real thing. And if it's, if it's like that next year, then yes, we have a problem. But um, from what I've seen, I don't think there's going to be much of a problem because I know it's only one game sample size, but you can watch someone and you can see someone and you can tell if someone is knows what they're doing. They <laughs> just command easy. Yeah, uh, was in command. They I just knew what know, he's doing.
2: I don't want to put too much into this, but you ever just see a guy and kind of tell he has that like prime athlete, like just like, mm-hmm. yep. He, he's got the it factor. And I saw it on the field in him. And also see it like in interviews and, and how he looks after the game. Like, I don't know if I always remember uh, Peyton Manning's. I obviously didn't watch this live. I was before I was born, but I've gone done the highlight for, for stuff. and I watched the entire game, his first ever game that he started against Mississippi state or no, he didn't start that game. It was the first touchdown he ever threw. And he throws this first touchdown against Mississippi state. And he just jogs to the sideline and acts very nonchalant about it. Like, yeah. I'm gonna do that a lot more. That's not a r- big thing. That that's just business. That's who I am, and that's that's like Nico celebrated sure, but he never really gave like the just like losing his mind over it. Like he just and you look at him like in the interviews, he's very well spoken. It just, just I just I really think this kid. You know what it, is? Man. You know what well, is kind of like. Austin, his...
1: Austin wait, wait, wait. You mean he didn't score touchdown and then crown himself? Like he didn't he didn't crown his own self, No, Oh against Vandy, Delate, you know (laughs) after you just got obliterated by Georgia. (laughs) also 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 on on any of those throws that he made, like the McCollin Castle throw, also didn't see him pull the arrow out and you know shoot the arrow Mm -hmm. because he made a really he made a really, really good throw. You know, you know who
0: his mannerism not I wouldn't say mannerism, I guess like mindset or um Trying to find the word here, like personality wise, after he makes a play or doesn't make a play. You ever watch Jalen Hurts? How he just like does has no like emotion, he just stays so calm. He kind of reminds me of that. He just stays calm. It's like something happens and something doesn't work out. He gets sacked or something, he's not rattled, he gets right back up, and he's just his body language isn't rattled. He doesn't like like say, take for example, prime example, like back in the like J Jared Garantano, JJ. Gets hit, gets sacked. His body, he gets up in his body language, he is rattled to the core. He is rattled to the core. Nico gets Becca. up and he just is smooth. He's so smooth. And my dad, <laughs> here's here's the way my dad is. Okay. My dad will text me or while we're watching a game, and he he'll say a couple words about every other player that, that touches the ball. He'll be like, that guy's not good. And then he'll be like, that guy's good. The amount of times that where he was in there, he's like that quarterback, the number seven. He's just not smart. And then he texted me this weekend with that guy's good. My, dad, it's just yeah. it's it's like it's like a five year old watching a cartoon or something. It's just like you, it's a it's like it's like a kid sitting down watching a TV show who like point out the most obvious things. And you're like good, good. Like I wish yeah, our fan base could do that. I wish our fan base yeah. could just watch something. and be like he oh. Is. That's not good. That is good. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I get it's a weird situation. I just wish we handled it all differently. That's all I, I hate to say it showed me a little bad side of Hypo, but it kind of did. But uh, he's loyal to a fault at times, I feel like, or refuses to admit he was wrong about something uh it but it it's we'll move on from this it's it's yeah. it's, it's we'll over now the... we got we have a good quarterback now i think yeah. we have a good to, quarterback
1: to kind of move on a little bit or any i saw you pop the comment up about you know got to protect nico better next season i mean i think i think people who watch the watch the ball game need to realize that was pretty much your second string of offense a lot outside of cooper and Mincy Yeah. i mean you, you, i mean you, you, had you know three you boys from the tri-cities up there <laughs> so yeah, yeah i mean yeah You had Lampley, what, Lampley, Lane, and Dane Davis. Dane Davis is a walk-on offensive tackle. So you didn't even have your starting offensive line out there. So I'm not that worried about the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line this season, when you had the five starters out there, was one of the best offensive lines in college football. I mean, they didn't Mm -hmm. allow a lot of sacks. They didn't allow a lot of tackle for losses. They were one of the best running, blocking offensive lines in all of college football. I'm not worried about the offensive line, the starting five, I'm not worried about for next season.
2: No, who, well, which, which do is we why who, which do is we why, know uh, who's replacing? Uh, I know Ali Lane was what right tackle. Do we know who's replacing? Him? Uh,
1: he was he's a left guard. So, you're right now, it, your, your offensive line will be Campbell at left tackle. I would say the Andre Carrick kid for that transferring in from Texas is your left guard. Cooper May Center, Spraggins is back, he's your right guard, and then Mincy is probably your right tackle. Although they are still trying to find some offensive alignment out of the portal. Uh, that that yeah. kid from LSU went in today, the five-star, former five-star, went in today, and they're apparently after him pretty heavily. And his cousin actually just signed with Tennessee, Jemais heard, just signed with Tennessee in his recruiting class. So, apparently, we are after him pretty heavily, and he was highly, yeah. highly rated out of high school.
2: I, yeah, because I, I – I mean, no offense to Andrew Carrick. I just didn't really – I wasn't very impressed with him this year. I think I remember him getting – having a few bad moments in the Florida game. I, I just, I want Nico to be protected like the secret service. I, I, I want, I want that man to have the, just the, the greatest house supply on planet earth. And I think our NIL dollars should be invested into making that a possibility. And, but, and we've, which we've, we've already done a great job of keeping everyone from this team that we could. So I'm confident yeah. we'll get it figured out. I, 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 Lynn Ellabree, he, I, I I don't know. he's had a tough time developing like, developing our younger offensive linemen, but he's done good with veteran ones, guys with already a little experience, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I
1: will I will say that if we're if we're gonna talk about blocking and protecting him from Nico next season, I mean the one area that I would be worried about that I would be a concern for me, Dylan Simpson can't pass block. And that's your starting <laughs> running back next season.
2: That's 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 the that's actually a really big concern of mine. Uh He's got to figure that out. I know. I think Seldon is pretty good at that. But, uh, so I guess it'd be like a, well, it would be like a Jalen, right? Jabari small situation with, uh, Seldon and, uh, and, uh, Samson.
0: You watch out for Selden too, man. That kid, that kid's good.
1: He's big, yeah. man. Big he's, he's got sauce. The old boy.
0: This is yeah, what that's we good. need. We need a bruiser and we need someone kind quick. Like we need a bruiser, but we need a blocker too. So, I think that'll. Drum Brown, um, Brown. Samson's playing time will the de- determine how well he can pass block. He's got to get better
2: at that. Samson's I'll never get. It. I'll never mounted. get him blowing that pass block against LSU. <laughs> and Hucker, fumbling it, and then he picks it up and picks up three yards. Um, the
1: one thing that they, the one thing they got to figure out next season. And I was talking to somebody earlier today. The the one big thing that they're going to have to find next year for this offense to explode and. You know, be a top five offense again, they have got to find their deep threat like they had in hot. Whether that's Dante Thornton figuring it out and becoming that, whether that's that Chris Brazil kid from Tulane that just transferred in becoming that, they have to find the one guy who's the threat to the defense over the top. And they didn't have that this season on a consistent basis. Whether, whether that was because the receivers weren't doing it or because they didn't trust Joe to throw it deep or whatever, they've got to figure out which one of the? I mean, because even in year one, when you didn't have Jalen hunt you still had Javante Payton, who was going deep and taking yeah. the top off the defense. Then you it had was Jones Jr. Yeah, so you didn't have that this season. They got to find that guy for next year that that is going to take the top off the defense. And in We're, the bowl uh, game, I, I was even tweeting this out in the bowl game. You know, Iowa came out playing two high safety and trying to prevent us from throwing the football over their head, which is why we were so successful at running the football, because they were giving us the numbers of the box. But then late in the second quarter, they went to more one-high safety, bringing a guy into the box late, which is why our running game kind of got stifled for a little bit. And Josh was trying to dial up the deep throw, but the offensive line wouldn't hold up low enough for him to be able to throw it deep. And then the one time they did, it was a perfect pass, a perfect route. Ke- Keaton is wide open. And for whatever reason, he just stops running the route. And it would have been a touchdown if he just continues to run and puts his hands out.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that one because
1: uh, did it get lost
2: in, lost, in or lost, lost in the sun? I think he lost in mean, the sun. I don't the know. The way uh, he stopped, it doesn't Kedon's look like he could. Keaton's had a bad year, to uh, so say that. I, I mean, Joe Milton being the scooby was tough. But um, he's had, like, the yips or something, it feels like. Because, like, he, I, th- I always remember him for having great hands. Like he'd have these amazing catches, and he had a really good catch in the sideline, uh, top ten ESPN play. But um, man, just so many moments where you're just like, what happened there? Like even when Joe threw great balls to him, it he he dropped it. I'm gonna forget the one against Virginia, which I guess he lost in the sun too. But um, he guy some shades. I don't know.
1: No, well, he had the one of the was it the Georgia game? I think or no, the Texas A&M game. Remember the mm. one the A&M game? That was a lot was open for
2: touchdown. Yeah, that and just drops it. I mean, still don't. I, that's supposed to be your. God it was like amazing. You, he's like a viewed as like our Antonio Brown for the season. Not that he's that capable of being that good, but he had the hands. We thought. I don't know. Uh, it's whatever. Uh, I I am actually curious what our plan is with uh, Nathan Leacock. I didn't understand why he got basically no playing time all season. I get he's a freshman, but I just. I mean, you didn't play him in this game, did you? Did he ever play against Iowa? It, no. He has,
1: like, track speed, doesn't he? From what I've read, he's got the drops. He can't catch the ball.
2: Okay. Well, he should probably uh, be able to catch the ball if your wire's here, right? Yeah, you'd think.
1: Well, a lot of guys you put there because of the
2: speed, and then they, they have this issue. Um, that's the story of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, but um, um, this year, let's um, – what about do you think Mike Matthews gets any playing time as a freshman? I mean, I know that's who freshman getting playing time. Ooh, whoa, 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 what are you talking about, Austin?
0: I don't think is scared to play freshman at all.
2: I, I think he might be
0: all no, well, in the I secondary. And, and I mean, on offense, I don't think he's scared to trot out freshmen. We they played all year.
2: We didn't see Selden until right now. I mean, well, we were loaded by running back, so I guess I can't really criticize them there. I don't the, know, only, just,
1: the, the one place that they're terrified to play the young kids is the secondary for whatever reason. They play uh, young kids everywhere else on the football field except for the uh-huh. secondary.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I, I, I just I, – I hate – okay, a little criticism. I wish we would rotate receivers a little more, but I get it that you want to – run hypo style of offense you know where you no huddle and you, know, you get a drive going and have a touchdown within a, within a minute of game time so you don't want to ever huddle so that's a, that's a tough no substitutions so that's that that's part of the reason why we stick with just a solid four core uh but i just i want to see some of these guys more and uh i we played it Caleb Webb, was he a freshman this season or was he a redshirt freshman? He's a freshman. True freshman? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Hopefully, Mike Matthews, if he did, if he proves it, he can be a solid weapon for us. I mean, yeah. Highest three receiver Heibel's high ever brought in. Yeah. Well, we'll see.
0: I mean, we'll, we got, we have a pretty good while to we find out. So. Uh, yeah, it like,
2: sucks. like I, it's kind of sucks. I feel like I just started to get excited about football season and it's over.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it feel like this? I feel like Tennessee's football season is always a cliffhanger, like a movie. It's like, oh crap, something good happens, and now we gotta wait till next year.
1: Somebody, somebody posed this question earlier on on the radio, and I'll ask you guys this question: Is this this will be the most hopped, anticipated season since when? 2016. I think mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's it's either it's either it's either 2016, the year Kiffin was hired, going into, into the season with Kiffin, or 2005 when we were like preseason number two or preseason number three. It's to be crap down our pants. Well, let me yeah. think. Uh, yeah.
2: Well, here's the thing: like 10 and two. If we go 10 and two this coming season, I don't feel like we're we're happy, but we're not losing our minds happy. You know, if we lost Alabama and Georgia and we went 10 and two in 2016, I feel like we were, we've would have been pretty happy. So I think I'd say the expectations are a little higher for this team. And honestly, if you look at the parts, I feel like they should be. Um, so I would say most anticipated season since. Yeah. I I'd go with that. 05 uh, five. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good. It's just going to, it's, it's it's might be way up there. It's gonna be up there because the the Nico uh, Nico hype train is it's it's a, it's, well, it's about to hit the all time high.
2: Well, uh, after, <laughs> all our gonna be game, after our bowl game, after a game, did you got you guys watch any more football? Because <laughs> uh, it was a big day of football. <laughs> so we yeah, to, I was uh, just about to. Uh, I was just about
0: to get to that. Uh, Open the show up with Bama. Bama goes down, FSU loses by sixty. Uh, Washington beats Texas. Michigan beats Alabama. Um, is Alabama has the, the talent just caught up to them, or has Nick's
1: is Nick's team kind of starting to
0: lose it? I'm, I'm
1: actually, I'm actually going to have a hot take and say the opposite, Randy. What you getting ready to say? I think this is actually one of Nick Saban's best coaching jobs. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's what a lot of people are he saying. Just, he just took a 9-3 football team and made the college football playoff because that's a 9-3 football team.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he went undefeated in the SEC with uh, Jalen Miller as quarterback. I mean, it's a criticism that they have.
1: <laughs> I, I, and their their offense line is terrible. I, that's what I'm saying. I
0: get it. You could say it's the best performance, and mm-hmm. I guess I mean it was a, one of those. I guess you could say that, but Alabama doesn't have the dudes that they used to have. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, they
1: were and, and, they were getting pushed or tossed around, not pushed around, tossed around. And the wildest thing about that statement, I agree with you, Randy, I was even saying that to somebody earlier in the year like they don't have the Mark Ingram's, the the Derek oh. Kineries, the Amari Cooper's. Like just I mean just name them all off. They don't have any of those guys. But what the crazy thing about that is, two years ago they signed one of the greatest recruiting classes ever in history of college football per the rankings. So how, like it doesn't add up of how they're one or two or three every year in recruiting. They signed one of the greatest recruiting classes ever. And you look out there and it's like, well, where are the dudes? Cause you don't have, you don't have any dudes. And yeah. so is that, is that misevaluations or is that maybe the staff not getting the potential out of them? Like, Something happened to, to not translate that over to all field success, but then you watch them play and you're like they're not they don't have the dudes, they're not that good. And somehow they go 12 and 2. Like it makes no sense.
0: But no, like uh, I am not saying they're not like no, I'm not no, that's exactly what I'm saying. They don't have the dudes. Well they, these yeah, are they not they still these are not the Alabama teams of that, that have that have previously been. They're not even close. Like, look yeah, at their yeah. linebackers. Look at their line. They're getting pushed around. Michigan bullied them yeah. with their with their end around blocks and stuff like that. They were pancaking these dudes. Like, I they don't I, they don't
1: have they don't have the receivers. They don't have the running backs. Like that's they're no. nothing like what they were five six seven years ago. Like no. nothing.
2: I would chalk that up to the rotating door of assistance every year. There is no consistency. People recruit certain athletes and they're gone. And then you have a guy trying to change the whole philosophy again, and that's part of the reason, in my opinion. And Nick Saban tried to go back to his old school style, and hell, I think it almost won him a national title. <laughs> I mean, if oh. they won that game against Alabama or against Michigan, they got a good shot of beating Washington because they're gonna they would put the Bama. We are more talented than you. Push on them, and. That's what would happen. I I'm honestly just amazed. I thought I I thought they were gonna just run away in that second half, and they when, never did.
1: When it. when I watched Ole Miss blow out Penn State, and then I watched us blow out Iowa, because the Big Ten is awful because they've looked awful in the bowl games, and I really thought Bama was getting ready just to blow them out. And it shocked me to see Michigan, like you said, Austin, be just as physical, if not more physical than them, be mm-hmm. stronger up front, have the better line of scrimmage, and you know be able to come back and win that football game. One interesting thing about what the national championship is about to be is this is going to be one of only the fourth times since 2015 that a team wins with- Wins the national championship without having a top five recruiting class four years prior to them winning the national championship. It's only happened huh. three other times since 2015. And um, two of those are Clemson, L- right? <laughs> two of those are Clemson. And one of those is LSU with uh, LSU in 2019. Really? They didn't have a top five recruiting class. Um, really? So, yeah. but, the, but, but, but yeah. think now, think about those teams. And I, my personal opinion is Washington is going to win it. I think Michael Penix and Washington is probably the best team, okay? Mm-hmm. But think about those teams Definitely. that we just said. What was what was the differential in talent and what they did? The quarterback position. Clemson had Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, LSU had Joe Burrow, and Washington had Michael Penix. That was the separator and what the talent difference was because Clemson, per the recruiting rankings, didn't have the talent Alabama did, but they had Deshaun Watson. They didn't have the talent. Alabama did again, but they had Trevor Lawrence. LSU, on paper, mm-hmm. didn't have the talent, but then they had Joe Burrow. And now Washington—Washington Washington had a recruiting class two years ago that was in the '70s, the '70s—and they're playing in the national championship game because of who their quarterback is, and Michael Penix. So what I'm saying is, all these—and I've been one of these people. I'll—I'll I'll admit I have been mm-hmm. there you go. complaining about Josh Heupel's recruiting. He has the differential. And Nico, he has the guy that's going to be the separator and the talent between a Bama and Tennessee or a Georgia and Tennessee. We're going to have the better. I I think Nico is Carson Beck was good this year. I think Nico's potential is higher than Carson Beck's. Like Nico going to be one of the best quarterbacks. That, the that's the
0: most insane thing I've ever heard. You're telling me that a quarterback is 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 the problem. Like the the quarterback is the way you win. You're telling me that. Joe Milton wasn't the problem all year. Is that what you're saying? The Are Senate, you telling me that? Are you what? Yeah, you know, it was like, a quarterback can be an X Factor and winning <laughs> games. Weird.
2: How did Georgia lose to Alabama? Honestly, that's such a weird game. That's such a weird little paradox. Because Georgia at times them. looks like they can just absolutely Smother you with a pillow and say I'm just stronger than you in every way, shape, and form, and that's why we are going to win the national title. And that that's what I feel like is the most effective way of winning it: stacking huge recruiting glasses, developing them to be monsters, and like 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 that, like injecting them with stuff. I think maybe, but um uh, maybe, but um, uh, it just it just feels like they have like a, an edge totally. But then they go play Alabama, who is gonna play. Get their ass whooped by Texas, stay in the game with Joe Milton all day, and uh, lose to Michigan. And they Alabama can beat them on neutral field. I I just don't understand. it. It's weird.
1: If this had been a 12 team playoff, Georgia wins the national championship.
2: That's why I don't oh, want a 12 team yeah. playoff.
1: 100, 100 percent. Randy, this is
2: what I was t- telling you all the time. Like, if you if you take away the craziness of the regular season, then you are going to get a Then you're going to get Georgia just coming in with a hammer and just bashing everyone's heads in. No, I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I don't think it's going to happen every year. You're you're making it sound like they're going to get in the playoffs and just bulldoze over but That's not going to happen.
2: They they would have this year.
0: That's not going to happen. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. I
2: unless they play Alabama because apparently Alabama can beat them. I think I I think the twelve team.
0: I think the twelve team playoff. I think a twelve team playoff is perfect because you get outside the top twelve, you're no good. Like I'm sorry, like you're average, decently in the top twenty five, you're in the top twenty five. I get it, but there's a drop off. Honestly, from it should be like top eight, top eight teams because there's a drop off after like eight or nine. Like let's be honest, um, but I'm. I don't know how anyone can be mad about more football. I mean, I was, bring it on. Bring oh, those. on I, I hate that argument? Oh, shut it's up. It's not, not the you're argument. You're worried about Georgia that you don't even care about anything else. Like, oh my God, what if Georgia just makes it in every single year? Why are you so obsessed with Georgia? Because I don't Making want to it, win seven national titles. <laughs> who cares? You just who, who cares if they won a national title every year? Who cares? You do. You 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 go insane over it. You're not live on the I, border maybe. of Tennessee and Georgia. I
2: like, don't want them to win national titles. It's, oh my god!
0: I, and they would have been over year. it. We avoided Get it. over it. Whatever. Get over <laughs> it. I don't want more football because I don't want Georgia to do good things. They're going to do good I things. Think to- I to break. No, bus- it's not just Georgia. It's Alabama
2: too, and it's and it's Ohio State. I feel like you're just like 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 on paper, it's made to be like yeah, you can finish number ten and have a shot at winning it all. But in my opinion. You don't have a shot if you're number 10. You, you've proven you aren't good enough, and that's just kind of the way it is. And you're gonna get it killed on the biggest stage, probably. I don't think you'll see a lot of number 10s, number 11s, and number 12s unless it's Alabama that somehow lost two games because the regular season it can be crazy because every Saturday can be just weird.
0: Okay, so it doesn't State, let's say Ohio, it's like every seven day. or eight. Number nine in the country, and you have like a Cordell 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 Jones situation again, like just like you just—it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. You're and like you, you being sitting there worried about Georgia. Oh my God,
2: Georgia. Who cares? Like who I'm gonna not just concerned? Georgia; it's Alabama too. And it's no, but you're so
0: worried about Georgia. You're up in a heat about Georgia. Well,
2: I don't see us having a top five roster like they do, and I feel like on the biggest stage, you're going to get the heart, the best performance out of those those teams that are the most talented. And I feel like the best way to avoid those teams winning at all is making them play a 12-team regular season, which in reality is a playoff. But it just leaves a leaves the more likelihood of you're going you're to drop a game you shouldn't.
1: Well, here's the thing, like with the whole Georgia talk. They shouldn't have won the national championship last year because if Ohio State had a kicker worth a damn, Ohio State wins a national championship. I mean, yeah. you know, and then what was it, the year before that? They played Alabama, and, uh, you know, they came back and beat Alabama like – yeah, they've won two in a row, and they're they're the best team in college football, but it also takes a little bit of luck to win. Like, we've seen in 98 as a Tennessee fan, like you've seen over the years, there's a game or two games where it takes some luck just to keep the ball rolling to get to a national championship. Yeah. I guess you're right about that. I, I just – I'm you know, not. I, just, if I say it, I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> Jordan, you're right.
2: No, no. I, it's because there is a some truth to that, and it's weird. Like, I don't know this some what is it why, why does georgia have this quality of the like they have these days where you feel like you just there's nothing you can do to beat them and i don't feel like that with any other team
1: they um, because because that they've sweet. that's what i was exactly getting ready to say right that's what we were talking about the difference in alabama georgia is what alabama was eight nine ten years ago where they just. You watch them play, and it just—they they are just flat out better than you are. They're more more disciplined than you are, and and I mean that's Georgia has basically replaced what Alabama was. I mean that's Georgia now.
0: Yeah, That's what Dog just says right here. Again, it does take luck. Auburn catches a punt from Bama in the in the end zone, and they're not in the playoffs. That was luck. I mean that's pure luck. B- yeah, that, that's and, what I'm and, saying. And the the chaos like, of the re-
2: regular season. Huh? That's what I was saying. The, the chaos of the regular season. If Alabama drops that game, they're yes. out. It's talking about luck. Here. But I feel like I feel like we played, if all the Alabama played in, in a playoff situation, Alabama's going to blow their heads off. I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like we're making a machine where it's just like, well, I'll, my fear is that. You're gonna take out the chaos of the regular season where you can more likely drop a game. Then again, it was the SEC title where Georgia did drop their game. So that was pretty much a clear stage you have to win here to get into the playoffs. Well, I don't know. We'll uh, see how it
0: works out. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be fine. Uh, I, you
2: think uh so you think Washington's gonna win it all? I think they're gonna win it. I think so. I yeah, think
0: they're just I too don't high don't powered don't. offense. I just like the bully right. ball works against team like Alabama. The bully ball works against Alabama because they're not that like Washington's more of a fast, I wouldn't call them finesse, but they're just they're speedy, they're different pace, they run misdirections a lot. Alabama was more lined up just like Michigan was. And I think Washington's gonna give them problems.
1: I don't think Michigan can score as much points to keep up with Washington. <clears throat> uh uh-uh.
0: uh. I think I think Washington's going to mm-hmm. get problems with all the, like I, we watching the Washington game, all the misdirections they were doing, like just players in motion, and like Bama didn't do that. Bama doesn't do that. Like they're more like <laughs> Michigan type. The I will say, in,
1: I will say, in the Alabama Michigan game, because there's been a lot of talk about this on Twitter and even last night about like the last play of the game and overtime, and uh, everybody was losing their minds about Alabama called a quarterback draw. I mean, if you go back and look at the play, the play worked. It's just he dropped the snap, and that split second caused him to panic and run. You look at the play, it was it was a lead the draw with the quarterback. Slipped. Yeah, they pulled the yeah, right he guard. Had the he had the touchdown. The hole was there. He panicked mm-hmm. because he lost the ball and just ran instead of following his guard, and it got stuck.
2: It yeah. was the right how play the, call at the end of the day. How the hell are you, Alabama, I have all the power in the world? You have the number one class year in, year out, and you have a guy that can't snap the ball. <laughs> it's just it's amazing. I I guess that's the rotating door coaches, like I said. Well, just, that's like whatever. that
1: that that was like how many years in a row did they go where they didn't have a kicker? They had all the talent in the world and they didn't have a yeah. kicker. Yeah. I yeah. can see anything. how
2: that'd be sometimes weird, like sometimes kickers just aren't good for some reason. Like L who's the guy out of Florida State that got drafted higher than any kicker ever ever been drafted and he's out of the league in two years because he can't kick Ohio. Yeah. So it's kickers Ohio. can be weird. I understood that. That was like I, I i honestly viewed that as like god having mercy on people like because this can be a little chancy um and uh kicker can be a chancy thing like a golfer but um so i felt like that was god having mercy on us <laughs> just having them have that little achilles heel speaking but of speaking of flaws uh, all over the place with Alabama now
0: there really is and speaking of Maguire on FSU. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I want to get into that real quick. I also, want to get into Bama fans complaining about Michigan cheating when they've been the biggest cheaters for the last freaking decade and a half um, when it comes to recruiting and anything of that realm. But Florida State fans, I'm just gonna can y'all shut up? Like you got sixty dropped on you. You dropped. They dropped sixty around your freaking dome, and murder they're, bald They're still they're still bitching about it too. Like you see, like FSU just. War chan or Warhawk or whatever their whatever that that Twitter side the their Barcelona, whatever side whatever you see them like quote tweeting like other things and like oh well that, this is odd isn't it like oh this one lost team got in or well all this other stuff dude you lost by sixty if if you would have not lost by sixty people people would have probably been on your side the majority of the Americans the majority of people around the world when you didn't get in we're like well yeah they should probably get in. You lost every bit of respect or anything of that nature at all when they dropped sixty on you, and you're like, "Well, all my players opt out." That's your fault. That's your own team's fault. That's your
1: coach's fault.
2: Well, they wouldn't Sorry, have been in the playoffs, I mean, though. They wouldn't do have been what? in the play. They wouldn't have opted out of the
1: playoffs. But, 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 but that's the, difference my point, what, the difference. What the difference? What I said you, at the beginning. You can't the say it's their fault. Jo- that makes no sense. Well, yes, it's it jo- how. Georgia didn't make the playoff, and all their players didn't opt out. Exactly, so that's what I'm saying.
0: Well, you want well, say,
1: to out? That's a that's a leadership. That's a leadership in the locker room, and a leadership as a head coach, and a culture thing within the program, and then the difference of Georgia and Florida State. Georgia had every right to claim they should be in the national championship or in the college football playoff, too. In my opinion. Because they're the two-time defending national champions, and they lose by, what, three points in, in, in their conference championship game to an Alabama team? They slip up one time in three years, and they get left out. They had every right to bitch a moan and well, complain, my, just like Florida State did, but none of their guys opted out. They all still showed up and played.
2: My my thing was that, okay, you're, you're going to say Florida State proved they didn't deserve being in the playoff because their players opted out. That's not supposed to be in the decision factor. You're supposed to value the team that finished the regular season
1: I'm not, undefeated. No, no, no. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to be in because their players opted out. But what Randy is saying about the players opting out is, and what I'm saying is that's a cultural difference. Georgia didn't get in. They had every right to complain, but they didn't mope and moan and say, let's just pack it all in and go to the house. They showed up and handled business. Florida State yeah. didn't get in, and they moped and complained and moaned, and they all quit and took their ball and went home, and they lost by sixty. That's a cultural difference in how a program is run from one side to yeah. the other side of the. State. We're, we are
0: going to we're gonna we're gonna show you why we should have been in the playoffs exactly, and they're gonna yeah. show you why no one took them serious because well, when they just dropped sixty on you. And now you look weak. You look like you're the complainers. And your fan base is still crying. Dude, stop crying. You got 60 rung up on you. In a, and it was it was over in the first quarter. Like, it was over. And their backups were, you had freaking Will Muschamp's son scoring on you. Like, like, not scoring on you, but just running all over you. Like, come on. Like, you had their third and fourth stringers still bullying you. I don't care what you say. You lost,
2: and you lost bad. So I shut am. up.
0: It's it, it's it's over.
2: Like go move wh- on. Wh- what are you what are you saying necessarily? I I hold on. So you're saying that they have no reason to bitch and moan about not being in the playoff because they got their ass flipped by Georgia. Right? No.
0: They're they're bitching and moaning. Well on the realm, yes, of that. They're bitching and moaning because they did not make the playoff. But instead of proving a why they should have been in the playoff, they're like, nah, we're not gonna play this game. We're it's almost like we're 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 just gonna try to prove a point here. But you did prove a point. You proved a point why you don't deserve to be yeah. in, and the committee got it right. Hate to tell you, they got it right. Maybe besides leaving Georgia out, which I don't know who you would take out. Of the, I, it's a it's a you, you fishy, fishy situation. But you, you you FSU proved why they just you don't you didn't deserve anything. Like you you continue to cry, and then you like. Keep crying,
1: and then you lose by sixty. So, and you still crying for for why?
2: I don't, I don't we, know how that works.
1: We're getting a little late here, so I wanted to bring one thing up and kind of switch gears real quick before we before we ended this thing because basketball just ended and it was kind mm-hmm. of like swept under the rug a little bit this week because of New Year's and because of the bowl game. We're ranked in the top five in the AP poll. It's the 19th time we've been ranked in the top five under Rip Barnes. We've been ranked in the top five 17 times in the history of the program before Rick Barnes had gotten here. So I mean, I, I put the tweet out earlier earlier in the week. I think Austin, I think you might have liked it or something. Rick Barnes is the best basketball coach this program has ever had. But it's best. hard, but it's hard for me to say without a doubt because there's only one thing missing. This one. He's done everything else, but there's one thing missing, and that's getting to an elite eight. I mean, you, you, you got to get to an Elite... Pearl got to an Elite Eight. I'm sorry. you you got to get to an Elite you're, Eight. To, to, you're to. one
2: foul away against Carson Edwards, man. We almost yes. had it. But uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you totally. That is the one thing. That is the one flaw. That The, the one thing Bruce Pearl has against him. And Pearl had less time to do it. I mean, he, by his own fault. But whatever. That he couldn't be here as long as Barnes has been. And, you know... Barnes is long in the tooth, so it's it's kind of – let's do it now. Let's just do it now. How about that? How about we do that? And, How about we do it now? And you had an easy and, path last year. FAU, you could have beaten FAU. Come on, man.
1: And, hmm. you know, I, I looked this up uh, earlier in the week too. Everybody keeps talking about, like, you know, Barnes retiring soon or, or anything like that. If he, if he only averages, which he's easily doing it now that he's been there, if he only averages 20 wins a season – for the next three seasons. He's the all-time winningest coach of Tennessee basketball history. He passes Ray Mears. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he he's he's very likely going to go down as the winningest coach in program history. He won, he's won an SEC championship. He's probably gonna he he will have the most NCAA tournament appearances, the most top top five rankings, the most top ten rankings, the most number one rankings, literally everything that there is to be the greatest mm-hmm. coach ever. He has, except for the one NCAA tournament run. That's like, that's mm-hmm. the last check that needs to be checked off on his resume at Tennessee.
2: And uh, sadly, it's the one he's always struggled with. <laughs> he's always had a little, was a little issue with that one. He, that man, he aced every test you could ever put in front of him. But you put him on that NCAA tournament stage, man, that's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole different world for him. I, I don't know if he gets shaky, if he gets like nervous, if he just, you know i don't know it, it always feels so different does he wear his teams out all throughout the year by playing so hard is it his coaching style is it i don't know what it is we just gotta we gotta do it we gotta we gotta make a run out of this one i think we've started to change our offense some it's it's this team can do it i'm pretty freaking this team i mean really this team right here can win it win that title and it would not be crazy to say that your
1: your comparison is great because it's it's a great comparison he's like the high school student who throughout the year passes all of the tests Mm -hmm. they get handed out and then when it comes finals time and it's time to pass the class he fails the finals because he gets so nervous because it's like the final grade to, to, to move on like he passes everything until the one test that matters and then he fails mm-hmm. it, and it's like, <laughs> and it's every year, and it's like, dude, how many times do you got to get held back before you actually pass this class Jeez. and move on?
0: I was gonna say that reminds me of me in school, but I just failed every, <laughs> test, so. <laughs> failed every yeah. test,
2: so I failed every test. Oh, bad test taker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah. Anybody got anything I'm else? Grant Williams out most of overtime. I, <laughs> I got,
1: I got, I got, I got one last thing before we get off because I don't know we're like one last thing. All
2: right,
1: how about them cowboys? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was really cool. The Jimmy Johnson thing, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did like right, the Jimmy,
1: right, like I, like, I were, like I've been texting you guys in the group text. Right when I'm out, they find a way to pull me right, back, right back in. in. Like, <laughs> they pull me right back in. Like, no, I just want
0: you, to, want you to watch this because it'll be like next week, two weeks. Other- the way on our, one of our podcasts, and you're going to be a totally different person when it comes to
1: Cowboys. yes, yes, mm-hmm. it, 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 it completely everything completely changed for me when the Eagles lost on Sunday, and now all the Cowboys have to do is beat Washington and they're the two seed and they get two home playoff games like that completely changed. because, as you guys talked about, they're completely different at home than they are on the road.
0: I can't lose at home, they win and, time.
1: so and by being the two seed you also are on the opposite side of the bracket of San Francisco. So, you know, Mr. Positive here with my Cowboys, I can't believe I'm doing this because I usually I, – I've, I, for like five years, I've protected my emotions and my heart of the Cowboys. And it's like now I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? But if they can find a way to win those two home playoff games and some way, somehow, somebody goes to San Francisco and knocks them off, the NFC championship game runs mm-hmm. through Dallas.
2: The, the Cowboys last – five or six, seven years have just reminded me so much of Tennessee basketball. You you do, you're either top of the pack or top of the middle of the pack, all regular season long. And they just look at that postseason, man. And I know that feeling. It could, obviously, you know it too, from Tennessee basketball, when you lose that postseason game, it absolutely destroys you. And so you say, you're never going to freaking put my faith in this again. Never. I'm I'm never going to be fooled by it again. And then Playoff time comes around and you're really excited. Like, you know what? This is it, man. Forget the past. The past was whatever, man. We're
1: gonna we're gonna be
2: best performing team ever. I'll never get after we lost to Michigan in Indianapolis. I I think I was more crushed than I ever was. That's perfect.
1: The perfect example of that, Austin, is after that Purdue Sweet Sixteen game. I was like, never again. Am I going to get my hopes up about Tennessee ball basketball? Never. And then all of a sudden, Candy Chandler shows up on campus. They win the SEC championship, and I'm all aboard the hop train again to only have my heart ripped out against Michigan.
2: Oh, my God. Dude, that was that one killed me a lot because I really, like in my head, head, I was like, we have everything. Great guard play, enough bigs, depth, uh, high-level talent. We have the guys. This is everything. And then we killed Longwood. We made Longwood look like absolutely nothing. We beat by 40. And, we, like, and the big key was like we're playing right we're playing great at the right time this is everything we ever wanted and then michigan beat us <laughs> and i drove up to indianapolis to see it with rainy and i'll never get like i've never been so emotionally damaged i i i, I think <laughs> any sporting event i was i was in the hotel on my hands and knees just like c- crying honestly i was like I, why am i doing this why do i do this and uh well, tournament. I I wasn't that bad last year. Last year, I didn't really think anything was going to happen. Fun that year, and then we beat Duke, and that was great. I had a great fun week after that, and then we lost to FAU, and that all right, that was pretty bad. Well, we had, a, we had an easy path you, to final four. So.
0: the majority of people that know me, um, i can attest to this, and a lot of people can. I've never been sucked back in. I stayed in my my true self. I, I never get sucked back in. He doesn't shot. have emotions. I'm He's not, shot, I, I, I just, I not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> Indianapolis, like Austin said, wrecked me. I was like, I that one experience made me hate that entire city and state. And they have nothing to do with it besides hosting it. I yeah, I will I mean, never get sucked back in. It's your I will biggest never NFL get excited. Team. I'll never get excited. I'll never get excited. You guys can have your fun. I'm going to sit here and get kicked in my balls another year in a row. So. You guys have a great time.
2: Oh, shut up up until I do something. When I gotta do something,
0: can you just say you're on your hands and knees crying like a little baby girl? Like, yes, and I'll do it
2: again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the the man enough to admit I can handle another kick in the balls. I'm not not... because
0: you're on your hands and knees crying, so you didn't handle it (laughs) very
2: well. Well, I can do that again. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> i'm gonna say I okay i just and i will i'll be here again when you guys are pissed off and i'll be your crying shoulder
2: okay i've already planned my road trip to arizona so that's where the final four is right i'm pretty I sure know.
0: i don't look at the final four when it comes to these teams so but anyways rings in the desert yeah yeah anyways um Good podcast. Thanks for all the people who actually chimed in. There was a bunch of people tonight. Ton of people chiming in tonight. Um, we will do it again next uh, week. So, yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Ball's big win over Iowa. Nico looked good. A lot to be positive about, about Tennessee football. I will keep my cup on for basketball. (laughs) God bless. Good night and go balls.